0: Welcome to Kitty Talks, the podcast that shows you how to build a life in alignment with your soul. I'm your host, Kitty Waters, serial entrepreneur and co-creator of the Network for Transformational Leaders. Each week, I interview top thought leaders that are changing the world. They share their life stories on tips on how you can find your purpose. We all have a gift we can bring to the world. Do you feel dead to life? Like, there's more to it, but you don't know where to start. Perhaps you don't fit in and you can't understand why. Are you pushing all the time and getting nowhere? Do you long to finally be sure which is the right path for you? This podcast is sponsored by my Do Your Dharma course. This eight week online course, self study, shows you how to find your purpose. The course demystifies the subject of Dharma and shows you that by following your highest excitement, you can unlock your greatest potential and create the life of your dreams. Go to www.kittytalks.com forward slash do your Dharma. Without further ado, let's dive in to the next episode. hello and welcome to this week's episode of kitty talks i've got another amazing guest for you this week nikki pigeon she is a global success coach a positive psychologist and she's obsessed with empowering women to create more joy personal power and unstoppable success within themselves and their business and her mission is to help 1 million women change their lives by 2020 And in this episode, you're going to hear all about her story, when she went after what she was truly passionate about, when she followed her highest excitement, how the universe lined up for her. And if you want to understand what your highest excitement is and how to get on your dharmic path, then my Do Your Dharma course is launching. So it's available for you to be on this path so please do apply we are taking applications now we're going to teach you how to let go of things that you're carrying that are weighing down your vibration we are going to teach you how to stay in a positive high level vibration and how to manifest and create the dreams the dream life and it, you're going to hear it in this interview with nikki a lot of the principles that we talk in the talk about in the do your dharma course are in this interview she's another example and Another prime example of somebody who's applied the principles and now that she and now she's really successful so if you want to learn to do that too then I ask you to apply to do your dharma it is www.kittytalks.com forward slash do your dharma you need to send us the reasons you want to do the course and we will get back to you but without further ado let's dive in and hear Nikki's life story So hello and welcome to Kitty Talks. We share inspirational life stories that empower you to create yours. And today I have with me a guest, a wonderful, beautiful woman all the way from South Africa. I have Nikki Pigeon. Welcome to Kitty Talks. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Yes, this is going to be a great conversation. Nikki and I have spoken previously to this podcast and I know this woman is going to l- deliver much, much wisdom to you. But for those of you that don't know, Nikki is a positive psychologist. She's a global success coach and she's also a Hay House author. And I'd love to hear more about that story and I will come on to that. Um, but Nikki, do you mind sharing with my audience? Um, just tell us a bit about who you are and what you're doing in the world at the moment. Of
1: course. Thank you so much. Um, So I um, I have um, many strings to my bow. I'm a positive psychologist and a success coach, and they really form the two parts of the way I do life and business. Mm -hmm. The positive psychology very much forms the the thought leadership side of things. And then the business coaching is the the businessy side of things. And both work perfectly together. They complement each other. I support and empower women to create unstoppable success, but unstoppable success within themselves as well as within these
0: businesses. Fantastic. And it's beautiful the way they they work so well together. And I think that's one of the things I'd love to explore about your in your history, because obviously those things have come to you and now you've managed to marry them really beautifully. Um, But tell, tell the audience, because I know right at the beginning of your story, you were going to be an engineer. Like that doesn't sound like what you're doing today. That's right, absolutely. So I
1: was originally signed up and I got two scholarships to go to Loughborough and Newcastle Universities mm. in UK to do this study of cars and engineering. Now, I know we've chatted before and I absolutely love cars. I, I've grown up around the, the racing and things like that, but I was very much kind of putting myself down this path because it was what my dad wanted me to do. Mm. So he always said to me, Nick, I... I believe that you should open door, You keep doors open because if you do maths and physics, if you go down this route of engineering, you're going to be a girl in a guy's world and you're going to make a lot of money. Now, my goal at that time was to make £30,000. <laughs> yeah, <Wow. laughs> I was like, that's going to be absolutely amazing. But I very quickly learned that that wasn't what was right for
0: me because it wasn't my choice. I was going to say, is it fair to say that that was your dad's dream for you rather than your evolving dream for yourself?
1: Absolutely. And I think it was a little bit of ego in there as well, thinking I can work in Formula One and this is going to be really
0: cool. And I was making choices from the wrong place in space. So how did that how did that turn out? Because, you know. I'm a great believer in when we're doing things because we we should be doing, we feel like we should be doing them rather than what we really want to do. The universe will re-correct us and put us on a different path. So how did that play out for you? So the way that it initially came about was because my partner at the
1: time, he was a professional cricket player. And every year in the British winter time, he went to Australia to do warm weather training. So I've been dodging the winters for a long time now. (laughs) So we name. went to Australia, and he said to me, "He was like Nick. I know that you signed up for these degrees, but do you want to come with me?" And I mean, an invitation to go and spend six months in Australia—why mm-hmm. not? I was mm-hmm. seventeen at the time, eighteen, I must been. And when we were over there, he was seeing a sports psychologist. His name was actually Nicky as well, which is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so we—he um, came back from the a sports psychologist, and he said, "I was lying there on the bed as you do and, he, he said to me, like, when you're out on the cricket pitch and you're into bat and you're standing there and you're, you're looking out and you're looking around you, don't look for the fielders, but look for the gaps in between the fielders instead. Right. That hit me like a ton of yeah. bricks. I was like, oh, my goodness. We do this in daily life. We're continually looking for the problems and putting our attention on what's going wrong or what we don't want. But we need to be focused on the opportunities. Mm. So that just massively what resonated with you and kind of like, and, it, and I was like, oh my goodness, this whole mindset thing is amazing. Yeah. I just I, I really really love that. His dad had also um, put some positive quotes into our passport holder, and at the time Instagram wasn't around. I mean, I'm sure mm. my age now, so there was none of these pages with all the quotes on. And he put these in there. I was like, whoa! If it's to be, it's up to me. And how, um, whether you think you can or you think you can't, either way, you're right.
2: Mm. So all
1: of this kind of built up to help me make the decision that there was actually a calling and an intuitive knowing around this area
0: of psychology and mindset and human behavior. Mm. So was that that the sort of first time you started to then follow your passions and go after what was it? You know, your highest excitement, basically? Yeah, I love that. Highest excitement. Mm. Love that. Yeah, and that's It's one of my catchphrases. So you follow your highest excitement to the best of your ability without any expectation on the outcome because the universe can fill in better than we ever anticipate. I love <laughs> that. I'm totally going to quote you on that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, when I came a
1: psychology to, degree mm, came back to the UK, did three psychology degrees. Three. Um <laughs> Yeah, and I decided, it's like the band, the three degrees. So I came back and just fell in love with not just psychology, but positive psychology. Mm. So that's the science of how individuals, communities, and businesses thrive. Mm. So we look at human strength and virtue rather than disorder and disease. And what better environment and topic to be working in than Mm.
0: how we can be our best selves. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. So because I did a psychology degree and I, you know, I got bogged down with all the science, actually. That was the thing that really put me off. So did you discover the positive psychology later or because of the cricket player, was that something that you initially went after?
1: So I went and did psychology with sport. So a dual discipline. And then in my final year of that undergrad degree, I did a thesis. And the thesis was all around gratitude and how it can actually affect your performance. So the the reason that I did that was because one of the lecturers, the head lecturer from UEL in London, um, which was one of the two universities in the the world at the time that did positive psychology, she came to Newcastle University and she she was teaching all of this stuff. And I was sat there in the audience. I was like, oh my goodness. This makes more sense than anything I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. You know, when oh, you get that rush yeah. of excitement and energy, yeah. I just knew that this was
0: meant to be the, the place where I took the next step forward. Mm. Well, of course, and, you know, that's one of the things we talk about a lot in the podcast, actually, because obviously gratitude is such a high vibrational emotion and it puts you in such a positive state and a positive place. And then obviously that kind of rolls and you attract more of that. Yeah, absolutely. It's my, it's literally my favorite thing from Mm. PulseSight. It's the thing
1: that I practice daily. It's, I say dropping G-bombs because my brother picked me up from the airport sometime last year when I was on the way back from Los Angeles and I was driving, he was driving me back and we're having a conversation I said, I'm just so grateful to be home. And he said, you know, Nick, I was wondering how long it was going to take you to Mm. drop you are how grateful you are for everything
0: yeah what a beautiful way and that's the only way to live like you know having come from a depression background I was doing the opposite Nikki I was looking at what was wasn't working and of course that's the bit that grows and expands so it sounds like you've got it nailed like literally always going after the you know the gratitude and what's happening right really yeah exactly why not like why feel worse when you can feel better yeah so how did you go from positive psychology? Like, talk us through your entrepreneurial journey. So when I look back, I mean,
1: I was always great at the business side of things. I did my business studies A-level a year early
2: and got 100% mm. at
1: school. Wow. It's, it's crazy, isn't it, that I didn't pursue that at that time. And we'd run um, a business project in school called Young Enterprise that I was the managing director of. So there was little kind of indications there that I really enjoyed this side of things. But again, I took that big kind of swerve around engineering, psychology, and looped back. Um, Because of the the background in sports psychology and that kind of professional athlete influence that I'd had, my friend's mum and I ran a project where we would go into the professional sports teams And we would teach them the psychology skills and the business skills to help them take what they'd learned on the pitch and transition out of sport and Mm. into business. So from, I mean, when I was still in university, I was actually lecturing in universities as well.
2: Mm.
1: So I was teaching entrepreneurship, positive psychology, and how you can actually blend the two together to create Mm. success. So it started about 10 years ago. And then from there, I decided when I graduated from a master's degree, I wanted to go and launch my own business. Didn't want to work for anyone, wanted to, to
0: launch into this um, awesome career. And so did, from there, did you go into coaching straight away? I went in. I developed my, I kind of did it backwards. I'm going to be really honest. Yeah, please do. Honesty is so much more refreshing. <laughs>
1: So, I've always had a love for speaking, and I wanted to do my own events, so I did it. I did put the coaching as well alongside it, but I really had this big focus on standing up and doing these events every month in my mm. hometown. But I learned very quickly that because of the time that it takes to promote an event and actually set it up, mm. it's, it's not great on you, your cash flow. Mm. So. All of this attention on to doing what I loved, but not looking at the business model. Okay. And very quickly, I got into the situation where I was having fantastic months cash flow wise, and then having months where I earned like 500 pounds. Mm. And I was on this emotional roller coaster because it was mm. on a financial roller coaster as well. And it was really challenging because I, I was in that space and place thinking. Do I get a job? Do I focus on my personal training, which I've done all the way through university? Do I try and sell something else? Where do I go from here? And I was trying to balance everything and I became incredibly burned out. So I was doing what I loved, but I was pushing myself far too hard to try and make it work.
0: Mm, And then did that, because I know you had some weird and wonderful things happen to you. Like I wrote down, it was adrenal fatigue and exhaustion. Was that when you got that? Yeah. And that's
1: kind of like, I see that as the, the modern day entrepreneurs, lifestyle disease. Mm. Our society has become so focused on accomplishment and so focused on getting the to-do list done, and working so hard mm. that we sometimes forget ourselves in the process. And I had not just forgotten myself, I'd completely lost myself. And what I was putting out on the front side of my business was happy-go-lucky, positive Mm. psychologist, um, be happy all of the time. And on the inside, I was completely crumbling. And Mm. that was health issues. That was trauma that I was dealing with. And it all came to a head. And the universe said, stop exactly where you are. We're going to give you these crazy challenges to deal with. um, And you're not going to be able to work at all. Oh, Really, so you're out of action completely, totally out of action. Because bef- before I realized that I'd got adrenal fatigue, I actually had an incident where I cut my eye open with a contact lens and I got a flesh eating bug in my eye that can make you go blind in a week. So, <laughs> it's not nice, is it? No, I, I always wonder do I tell people that for? Yeah, or not? wow. So I was in and out of hospital for 10 months with that. And during that same space of time, my dad got sick. um, He had heart surgery. I got adrenal fatigue, put on weight, became really, really exhausted. And had to completely stop. Because the way that this collection of symptoms presents itself is that you get extreme exhaustion, which is progressive. So if you don't do anything about it and you keep on pushing, it gets worse. Right. Got to the stage where I actually couldn't get out of bed. Um, just felt so, so awful. Like almost like a, a low mood and depression um, kind of came over me. And one day when I was I was sleeping, I was relaxing. I remember I was in my bed. I got up and I went to go to the bathroom. And I had this flashback to a few years previous to that hmm. where I remember getting raped. Now, oh, wow. that chain of events sounds bizarre, but
0: the only way that I can make sense of it is that it was something that I was blocking out, which is... Oh, I see. So your, your body was saying you need to deal with this and actually we're going to make you stop until you actually look at this trauma and deal with it. Wow, the body is incredible. Like, So so was that a part of a healing journey then? Did you start going down the healing path? For sure. It, it, I mean, it gave me a big wake-up call
1: because... I'd been very busy and I'd been hoping yeah. I didn't have to to deal yeah. with it. So it's part of a, like a post-traumatic stress.
0: Right, wow. Yeah, so in,
1: in that instance, it's called rape trauma syndrome. And it's you ignore it, you block it out, it didn't happen, it isn't real. Yeah. And then you have that wake up call. So I went very deep into the positive psychology practices that I'd been preaching for so
0: long. It made me feel great because I already felt good. Mm. But it was time to actually put it to work. Yeah. And we are energetic. So as much as you can practice, like for our listeners, if you're listening to this, as much as you can practice uh, gratitude and keep your vibration high, unless you have, if you still have trauma that you're holding onto, that trauma is very heavy and will weigh you down. And actually, it's much better to look at that trauma and release it um, and deal with it because it will help you energetically free up energy to enable you then to to focus on what it is you want going forward. Whereas if you ignore it, you're kind of on a roller coaster because as you probably experienced, you know, you have, you have almost like artificial highs, which you can't maintain because the rest of your vibration is pulling you back down. Yeah, so true. Exactly. Exactly. So well done for looking at that though, because that's heavy stuff, you know, to have to look at and deal with. It was
1: terrifying at the time. And I mean, now, like I'm grateful now that I can actually talk about it and share it. Yeah. At the time, it was something that was so buried inside of me that I couldn't bring myself to, to think about it. And I remember feeling so scared when I woke up in the morning and like, I didn't know how I was going to get through the day. Mm. This is the only way that I can describe it. It felt like my head was inside of a box. Mm. And I couldn't think any thoughts outside of that immediate box and Mm. how am I going to get through the next hour? And it's it's like your whole reality closes in on you
2: Mm. so
1: tightly that it it brings you into this state and place of extreme anxiety and fear. Mm. So for me, it was practicing a lot of um, meditation, a lot of faith-based tools. So like diving into like angelic, support and looking at the the ethereal side of things as well Mm. as the scientific side of things that gave me
0: that comfort and those breakthroughs. Mm. Fantastic and obviously I, I would imagine you, you felt such a relief like obviously you kind of it's almost like a weight is lifted when we deal with our stuff you know and actually we become more powerful powerful human beings because our energy is freed up and, we, it, and I think our journey then when we are going in the right direction speeds up because we're dealing less with less baggage almost absolutely so it's like Every, every
1: step that you take, it, it might feel challenging at the time, but it does lighten the load
2: mm. and it
1: really allows you a, a deeper understanding of other people's struggles. Mm. So especially in our industry, working in personal development and working in coaching, I now see a woman's strength when mm. she doesn't see it for herself mm. because I know that you can go through really horrific things in life and I now feel better than I did before. I feel more whole. I feel more um, awake. I feel like I can take on anything
0: now. Mm. And um, I remember when we spoke previously, you were telling me about the um, Kundalini yoga. Was that part of the healing process? Yeah, for sure. So it's been the best practice that I've I've done in the past
1: five years. It's it's the yoga of awareness. And it involves a lot of chanting. Sometimes you dance around the room. Sometimes you shake as aggressively as you can. Sometimes you pretend to be animals and it sounds completely bizarre. Cool. But every class every mm-hmm. has an intention. Mm-hmm. So it's very much worked around the nervous system and how you can um, heal, how you can recognize, how you can grow, how you can start to receive more. Mm-hmm. So I utilize the practice in a whole range of different ways, healing relationships, taking responsibility for mm-hmm. myself, my life, um, manifesting money,
0: all of these different things. So was that was that the pivotal shift in your entrepreneurial business life as well? Because I, I, I know you're very, well, one of the things I really admired about you is you're really honest about being an overnight success taking 10 years. Because it's so true, like, the, you know, we don't just pop out and we're really suddenly successful was that the the key thing that shifted your business as well or yeah I'd say so I
1: I mean I did a lot wrong first I kind of think I had about three years of doing things wrong before I had three years of doing things right um and I had this do or die moment where I'd left the UK to write my first book and I'd sold my car I'd moved out of my apartment and I'd Gone to the airport with my suitcase and a little bag of crystals. (laughs) I remember my dad saying, why are you taking all of those stones with you? (laughs) Got on this adventure and I'd launched this online business and it had had completely failed because I sold a group coaching program and I had one person sign up and one person isn't a group. No. So in that moment, I had a choice to make and everyone around me was telling me, Nick, you can't do this. You can't be an entrepreneur. Just give up don't do it go and get a job it's safer it's more secure so I completely ignored everyone Uh,
2: (laughs) Good uh, yeah
1: exactly I went went again into these practices I always ask myself right Nick what do you know that works what have you done in the past that creates results and what would you teach someone else to do Mm. so from that I was like right you need to move your body so we know that mm-hmm. physical exercise shifts your mindset and your well-being.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Move your body, you need to meditate mm-hmm. and you need to get super clear on what it is you want to create. Mm. And I knew that something that could help with all of that was Kundalini. So I was in Wellington in New Zealand at the time and I looked for a class and I couldn't find one anywhere.
2: Mm. Now
1: I went to the super spiritual, so it was really strange that I couldn't find this class. But what I did find was an affirmations workshop. Right. So I went on to create this... um. Little a postcard with glitter glue and everything that said, I am boldly, I'm fearlessly visible and I boldly shine my light. Really strange that we're talking about this today because I actually shared that quote today, this mm. morning. Oh. Um, so I created this thing that I almost used as like, right, okay, this is how I'm going to do life and business from now on. And I went into, I ended up finding a kundalini class as well. Hmm. Went into all of this practice and generated in that first month $35,000. So,
0: now, same course. So, same thing you're selling or different? You shift, shifted, shifted business? Yeah, shifted. So, I applied business
1: strategy as well as these mindset things, but I shifted from doing group coaching to doing one on one coaching. Right. And still had that group program that I ran, but because I'd focused on just selling one to one. Yeah of selling one to many yeah that we shifted this flow like almost like a, an avalanche of um awareness and I was getting visible and I was showing up and being proud of who I was and what I did mm. previously I was scared I was scared to tell anyone I was a positive psychologist because I thought that people wouldn't understand what it was mm. and it was only when I stepped into that
0: stepped in myself really that things start to flow. So what's your advice as someone listening? You know, they're listening to this. They're, obviously, a lot of our listeners are coaches, they're female coaches, and maybe they're having the same experience. Like they've got this dream, they've got this product and, and the online space is so busy. You know, it's incredibly busy. There's so many people out there. What's your advice for our listeners that maybe experiencing the same? Situation? Yeah, it's, bu- it's busy. It's definitely noisy now. But yeah. the way to break
1: through the noise is to be more powerfully Yourself yeah. in all of you. Now, when I started, I was looking at other people's copy and other people's ads, and I was thinking, should I do it like that or like mm. that? But what really worked was me actually having the space to connect in with myself and say, who am I? What do I think and feel? Mm. What am I a stand for? Mm. Why am I actually doing this? And how can I verbalize and communicate that to the people that I want to serve? Mm. And that's what I really recommend because. In a noisy, crowded marketplace, Mm. there can be 10 business coaches Mm. in the same strategy, but in their own different way. Mm -hmm. The more that you can be you and bring your style and flair to what you do, the more people are going to align with you and love or hate you.
2: Mm. You don't
1: want everyone to kind of like you or not be bothered by you. You want Mm. raving fans and people that don't
0: really want to listen. I mm. know that's such good advice because, you know, we're all in our own lane as much, and I think that's one of the things, isn't it, about Instagram and whatever else. You kind of get distracted and think, oh, maybe I should do it like this. And actually, you are the only person who knows what you should be doing and how you should be doing it. It's about having that inner confidence in ourselves to grow into who we actually are, really. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. And talk to me about the book, because obviously then you manifested yourself a Hay House book deal. Is there a, is there a good story around that? Yeah, so that was, I, I was a Hay House author long
1: before I was actually a Hay House author because I did <laughs> work inside so that I felt like that before I ever achieved it. Now, I got my book deal because I won a competition mm. and it was the Hay House Writers Workshop that they run in London, Australia, Maui and New York. Crystal there's one in Isn't, Bristol yeah
0: oh, It was, was looking at one in Bristol coming up soon oh, awesome maybe they moved London to Bristol
1: then mm. that's cool so mm. that's when I entered and I had this idea to write a um a positive psychology book and I just knew at the time I knew I had to to kind of show how much I wanted it so I'd gone to the London one I'd spoke to Reed Tracy who was the CEO and I said to him Hi, I'm Nick Pidgeon. I'm a positive psychologist. I'd love to know, do you feel like the space for a millennial generation female version of Robert Holden? Because he's kind of like within the Hay House brand. Uh, uh, Absolutely, yes. So I spent these days, I went to that writer's workshop. I then moved to Australia and went to the writer's workshop there and entered both of them. I spent three months doing my book proposal and changed Now Is Your Chance from a 12-chapter book to a 30-day guide. Right. So a lot of evolution during that time. And then I went on to, to, to win the competition. Fantastic. Uh, it, for me, it was, and I don't know if you noticed this, like for me, I was like seeing 444 everywhere. It was after the writer's workshop, the change that I got from my train fare. It was on a bus, it was on a taxi. And I looked at the meaning, that's my lucky number now, and it's you are on
0: exactly the right path. You Mm. are divinely guided Mm. to do things, even right now. Beautiful. But I love the point you made about you did the work before you got the deal because that's so true. Like, it sounds to me like you just made up your mind and you were embodying it and owning it and you were a Hay House author. And consequently, Mm -hmm. it's like the universe has to catch up with us when we do that. Yeah, for sure. So my assistant at the time when I left the UK...
1: She gave me a good luck card. And on the front of the good luck card, it said to a six-figure coach and best-selling Hay House author.
2: Mm. And I wasn't
1: either of those things at the time. Mm. (laughs) I I took that and I was like, thank you so much. And I really took that into my heart and I meditated on it every day. And I used to visualize walking
0: into the Hay House office with a big bunch of flowers. Mm. And I've done that now. Fantastic, and that's such an amazing story, but in it because it really gives people hope. Listening, you know, if it's something that you want to manifest and pull into your life, it's the vibration, it's the feeling, it's you know, pretending you're already there. Like I think I said to you, Nikki, about getting engaged to my husband, I um, was wearing the engagement ring for like for ages, and of Mm. course, the universe catches up with us. (laughs) Yeah, it does work. This stuff really does work. You know, you just gotta got to get the hang of it, really. Yeah, for sure.
1: It's like, it's, it's putting one foot in front
0: of the other and not expecting it to happen
1: overnight, but trusting that when you do the work and you you trust and act and practice without that expectation that you were talking about and without the anxiety that it won't happen mm. is actually what makes it happen for you.
0: Mm. And talk to me about intuition. Like, you know, it sounds to me like you've developed some really amazingly strong practices. Like, So you still do kundalini yoga on a regular yeah. basis. And um, is that your way of tuning in the kundalini yoga or do you meditate or? Yeah, I do a morning ritual as well. So for me,
1: like even just a short meditation is enough to be intentional about my day. So I'll do that in the morning. I'll do my gratitude practice, my affirmations that I write down. Um, and I'll always have a crazy dance party. <laughs> so I, I just love like moving energy and getting into that peak state so that you're ready for your day. Then a couple of times a week at the minute, I'll go to a Kundalini class and that'll be creating real space. So it's like a 90 minute practice. And it just allows you to, to, to get a high vibration. I don't know if you've been before or if you've done like a meditation where you feel like inside of your head you like you've actually
0: got a higher vibration higher level of access and consciousness Mm, beautiful yeah and movement's so important like it's so true because we we also are more open to um higher states of consciousness when we move so you know like you can do a spin class and you might get an idea Yes. um that you wouldn't have necessarily thought of it's because you're in that higher vibration you're, you're closer you know there's kind of a less of a less of a way to go for you to get those ideas from the from source energy really absolutely and I think it's um it's
1: something that if you feel tired and you feel like you don't want to do something and things aren't working it's very easy to go into that downward spiral of yeah everything's so hard I, I I can't do anything today or that meditation's not going to work or I don't feel like going to the gym. But I always say, like, just start. So go and do a 10-minute walk and that will shift your energy or do a five-minute meditation, make it small, mm. and it'll become more consistent.
2: Mm.
1: The worst thing that you can do when you, you're trying to get out of a funk is forget the practices that
0: work. Mm. Similarly, if you're actually feeling good, you should still do these practices to feel better. And it's so easy. I think when we get in, we get in a funk. Like we literally, you know, we tell ourselves a disempowering story, um, and then we start to believe the disempowering story, and then we kind of sink, kind of lower. Um, mm. So the catch, the, the, I suppose, the point is to catch yourself when you're in that disempowering story, and then do something like move your body, move your en- energy to get yourself out of it, and keep yourself in that high vibration.
1: Yeah, for sure. I had a um, like an affirmation that I used for that. So, it was um, I forgive myself for mm. getting caught in a downward spiral of negative thoughts and emotions because the only person I'm hurting is myself.
0: Mm. Oh, yeah, very powerful. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. So, what is next for you, my darling? Like, I know that we you've just well, are we allowed to. Na- talk about what's happened to you recently because I'd love to hear the story
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: so I just got engaged which is really exciting and I kind of I always hoped that I would get engaged but I thought honestly that I'm 31 now thought so I might end up like a bit of a Bridget Jones so amazing news I met Greg a year ago and he is he is absolutely fantastic we met from other ends of the world um I came together in Cape Town and we've been yeah together for a year so he proposed last weekend after we've been on a air balloon um for our one year
0: anniversary. oh congratulations that's amazing really well, so how when's the wedding 2020 i'm lucky. Okay. giving uh, you need time
1: yeah a little bit of space and time to enjoy being engaged and to do some nice planning as well and because it will be a destination wedding for everyone to to put that in their diaries as well
0: oh you're gonna have people flying from all over the place that i thought now yeah, i'm excited yeah are you gonna get married in cape town
2: yeah really, in south africa
0: yeah oh yeah beautiful yeah. and what's next for you um business wise what are you manifesting next so there'll
1: be another book on the cards so the next book's called force of nature and i'm really excited for that one it takes now as your chance a little bit deeper and it focuses a lot on finding this strength through struggle I was just talking um, with K-House about it this morning. So mm-hmm. they love the idea. And so that'll be kind of unfolding. Again, it's not a rush.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I want it to be like an evolution and really draw in a lot of the experiences that I've had over the last few years as well. Um, and then the coaching programs that we run, the, the business accelerators, all of looking at growing and supporting amazing women to create a bigger impact in our world through those as well.
0: And your goal is how many women? It's like like a million, was it a million women? A million women, yeah. A million women through programs or reading books.
1: So actually creating a tangible change and not just an influence. Love it. Absolutely love it. And um, where can people find you? So on my website and nickpigeon.com and also on Facebook and Instagram. So Nick Pigeon on Facebook and Nick Pige on Instagram.
0: Fabulous. And we will have all of Nikki's details in the show notes. So if you've missed anything there, you'll be able to find it. But no, Nikki, thank you so much for coming and sharing your story like loved it absolutely loved it like a really fantastic yeah well it's just such a great example of someone who didn't give up on their dreams and kept going um and then obviously learned all this amazing stuff on the way to help her manifest her wonderful life today thank you (laughs) we'll see you next week again on kitty talks bye-bye well bye. bye What a great story Nikki has got. Can you see where she has followed the Dharmic principles? She has totally embraced her gifts, her talents... And gone after what she's passionate about. And obviously she's using those gifts and talents in service to others. And this lady is really, really successful. So if you want to learn how to be just as successful, then I encourage you to apply to our Do Your Dharma course. We're taking applications. It's www.kittytalks.com forward slash do your dharma. We're going to teach you how to overcome limiting beliefs. We're going to give you strategies to keep yourself on track on your dharmic path on an ongoing basis so without further ado why don't you apply this podcast was sponsored by my do your dharma course create a life so good that you pinch yourself this eight week online course demystifies dharma and shows you how to tune in to why you're really here go to www kittytalks.com forward slash do your dharma